You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. And that sound means that David Walker has graced us with his appearance. That's right. Dialing, connecting, modeming, we're in. You're like the Hornets. You you had me worried there. You were cutting it close. Oh, no, 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 no. But ultimately, you came away with the victory like the Hornets did last night over the Sacramento Kings. And I'm, I'm at a little bit of a crossroads here, David. I, I don't really know what to talk about first because I came in here with a clear view of, of what I wanted to discuss, a lot to discuss from that win against Sacramento because it should have been an easy Hornets victory. It was not. Uh, Malik Monk played for a few minutes, and I know fans are clamoring to know what we think about Monk's brief return uh, to the lineup with MKG injured and Travion Graham starting, so that would have been an easy thing to talk about. The offense for this team is transforming, and Dwight Howard is playing a lot better, so we could talk about that as well. But then, as I'm about to shut my eyes last night, I'm about to drift off into slumber. Let the Sandman take me over. I get a (laughs) notification on my phone that Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer is about to drop an exclusive. So I wait. I wait for this exclusive. And a few minutes later, Michael Jordan, his airness, speaks to the people. He walks out on the balcony of Hornets fandom and addresses them via Rick Bunnell. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. So now we have two things to talk about. We've got this very interesting game. Very, There's a lot of good inside basketball nerdy things. Get up with your factoids. <laughs> Let's get back to ball. But then there's this Michael Jordan thing that people always, people always want to talk about Michael Jordan. So... I want to I wanna ask the nest. I want to ask the people that are joining us here live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and watch us live. You'll get notifications when we go live. We're also live on Twitter. I could, I could check Twitter as well if you prefer to watch us on Twitter. I could hit that up as well, but I want to know what you want to talk about. I'm interested. Would you rather talk about basketball or would you rather talk about Michael Jordan? Those used to be... The same thing, David. They're still in the same family. I think we're safe either way. <laughs> uh, I love so much about this Rick Bunnell article. Um, but yeah, I mean, do we have any do we have any viewpoints from the nest? Yeah, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear from the nest. What do you want to talk about? Would you rather? Would you? Well, we're going to talk about both. And this episode, okay. by the way, is brought to you by <laughs> Knight Residential Group, our choice for home construction in Charlotte. Visit them online, Knight residentialgroup.com. That's night with a K. <laughs> the first two, here's, see, here's the divide. We're already getting the divide in the nest, David. The first two comments, one is MJ with two exclamation points, and the next one is no MJ, please. 
How do we balance that out, Doug? <laughs> I say we just talk about what we want to talk about. What's more interesting to uh, I think the more interesting conversation to be had is around the MJ comments. I think the more positive notion around that too. I mean, it's I, I took away from well, more. Of I it. don't know. Okay, good. I, now it's yeah. really interesting because I think yeah. we took two different things away from this. Okay. Okay. Hit him with the high points. He's coming back. He's going to play uh, against the. <laughs> it's fake news already. Already starting. David King of the fake news yeah. on this show. One can dream. All right. So Hornets owner Michael Jordan spoke with Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer last night. Jordan actually called the Observer. That's my favorite. To address the reporting around the Hornets and their <laughs> discussions about trading star point guard Kimba Walker. Uh, we've got the full article linked in our show notes if you haven't read it yet for the podcast listeners. But let's hit the highlights of this of this deal first. He confirmed the reports that the Hornets have discussed trades with other teams and have started some of those talks, but said he did not want to lose Walker. So we have that first. He's confirmed Woj's reporting. Not that it really needed to be confirmed because it's Woj. And, and Woj so often has this right. But at the same time, we now have it as fact. They they have gone out. I think the first question, David, we should address is, why would Michael Jordan do this, right? He doesn't talk to the media very often. Why would he personally call the observer to get the story out there? I'll let you get settled down. You seem like you're, you're, on, you're on the there. move right now. This is... Had a few live members of the junior nest in here asking some questions. Uh, yeah, you mentioned him calling the observer. That's one of my favorite parts of this because I, I like to imagine he just, you know, picked up his phone, mm-hmm. flipped it open. He's uh, got a flip phone, apparently. Right. He's got a razor. <laughs> called, called it and said, hello, is the observer there? And I'd like to speak Rick, to the observer. I'd like to speak to the observer post haste. And Rick Bunnell was just right there on the other line. <laughs> So why would he, David, I have my, uh, like, why would he do this? Why would he call the observer and, and get this story printed? Because that's why you do this. This is why you talk to Rick Bunnell. You want this story out there. He got it. Why would he do it? Maybe he's heard from the people. Maybe the people have made their voices heard. I mean, there was a little mini movement at the game, the past couple of games over the weekend. Uh, Keep Kimba. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, maybe and, and that, not Listen, there haven't been many people there so when these chants happen you hear them you hear them in the arena you hear them I'm sure over television because some of these chants have been starting behind the bench but I think too you've got a lot of speculation right now by the fan base about what direction this franchise is going to go in will they stick to the plan that they have that they've built a veteran team that wants to not only get into the playoffs, but compete in the playoffs. Do you stick with that plan? Do you recognize, hey, there have been some circumstances that are outside of our control this season, some injuries, some absences from our coach, some absences uh, for personal reasons, and do you say, okay, the plan went off the rails a little bit, but the plan is sound, and maybe you you continue to pick around the edges. Do you do that, or do you blow it all up? And... I think that you have to, at some point, come out and tell the fans, this is what we're going to do, because otherwise, uh, why would you go to a game? 
You know, why would you spend your money on a product that you really have no idea what the end result is going to end up being? Yeah. And so that's why I took a lot more good away from this than anything else, Doug. I mean, you can look at it how you, how you want to, but yeah, he came out and said what their vision still is. And that's certainly to, to win because he's talking about only trading Kimball Walker if he's going to get an all-star in return, a.k.a. I don't think he's trading Kimball Walker. I don't know any other other uh, take that you could take from that because, yeah, uh, right. look, Kimball Walker is not going to bring Kawhi Leonard to Charlotte. Kimba Although Walker, I'm glad he threw that out there because of all the Kawhi noise going around. It's yesterday. noise. I was waiting for it, though. I was it's waiting noise. to I was waiting to see the trade machine go into effect and put a Kawhi trade together that would, uh, you know, swap out Kawhi. Kimball Walker is a very good basketball player, but there is depth at point guard in the league right now. There is a depth at scoring point guards in the league right now. His skill set is not the rarest skill set in the NBA. And you're also not seeing the return on star players that maybe you used to see. Teams are more reticent to jettison multiple assets for players. So I don't I don't I just don't think you're going to see the Hornets bring back an all-star player for Kemba Walker. So if that gives you any comfort, if if you believe Michael Jordan, if you believe the owner of the Charlotte Hornets when he says, I am not going to trade Kemba Walker except for an all-star player, it's over. Then as David said, they're, they may not trade Kimba Walker. Do you think? I wonder if, if Steve Clifford coming back. I wonder if anyone particularly of that triumvirate has his ear. You know, Rich Cho, Clifford. If he's like, look, you know, the 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 guys are shaking. Like the locker room is. We're not sure what's going on here. We talked about it a little on the show yesterday. Like Clifford and Walker were obviously caught off guard by this, and that's a directional view right if you trade Kimba Walker you're tearing it down you're going to rebuild it back up that's going to be the attempt um so if there's any mixed messages from that if he's I don't you know who knows who knows what the communication lines are between those three or even between you know maybe Kimba Walker and Michael Jordan I, I don't who knows we don't really know but I think there was some desire to clear things up at least you know by with perception and I think um yeah that's what this is all about right it's yeah. about perception how do you know how do fans perceive the direction of the franchise and how does Michael Jordan want the fans to perceive the direction of the franchise now in terms of Kemba Walker and Michael Jordan according to this article Jordan reached out to Walker to say basically they were not set on moving him but but Jordan told Bennell that he would also listen to opportunities he didn't he didn't completely discount the notion that Kemba Walker could be moved in the future and as you said, he wouldn't trade Kimba for anything but an all-star player. So that's a little odd to me. It's like, listen, Kimba, you're our guy. You're the franchise. But also, we'll trade you for an all-star player. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, you're, hey, no, no, listen, 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 listen. You're my guy. But also, if the right opportunity guy. comes along, you're gone. You're my number one guy. Unless Kawhi is offered. And I think in that case, yeah. you're my number two guy. 
and you know, you can understand that, Kim. Um, th- that's reason. I, mean, I don't that's think where he they can. Sh- I, but I mean, based on the comments that we've heard from Kemba Walker, this is his home. This is the franchise yeah. that he wants to end his career with, and he has given his blood and sweat and tears for, and dealt with a seven-win season and fought and clawed and become an all-star for. He's done everything yeah. the franchise has asked him to do. They bred him, as MJ said. I, okay, hold on, hold that. on, pause. <laughs> Hope you're getting to the <laughs> to the breeding portion. Oh, I I I put it down they in my chose, notes because there's this him. quote in this article from Michael Jordan. I'm just going to read the quote, and then I want your thoughts, David, because you brought it they, up. Yeah, go ahead. Michael Jordan saying, "quote on Kimba Walker saying, quote, we bred him, we chose him, we groomed him." Mm-hmm. To be a good player for us, <laughs> they did it. They did it all. They picked him out. We bred him. We chose him. We groomed him to be a good player for us. It's just an odd choice of word. It's like it's not a horse, Michael. This is not a. This is not a racing yeah. horse. This is a human just, being. Just a reminder, subtle reminder that he was selected by the Hornets. Uh, there was a player picked in the draft that has been groomed. They didn't has- breed him. He wasn't, they didn't, they didn't, he didn't, yeah, he's not out of a laboratory. He's not out of a test tube. Like he played well in college. He won a national championship. <laughs> right. I, I just, we I think bred the thing, him. here's the, the reaction to this will be interesting because most times people don't like when MJ is involved, you know, he, he usually gets blamed for when stuff goes wrong. And then this Kimba thing popped up. There was a wave prior to that where said we got to trade Kimba. We got to break it all down. Then the Kimba rumors come out and people are like, well, hold on now. We don't know. We're not so sure about getting rid of Kimba. And um, it'll be interesting to see. MJ has come out and said, basically, they're not going to trade him. Um, so if you believe that, that portion of, uh, of this season is over because they're not going to get an all-star in return for him. So it'll be interesting to see how the fans take to that and say, hey, thanks, MJ, for for giving us, you know, some directional uh, or some 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 direction in this season, or if they go back to just being fed up with how things are going on the court. We conjured him. We <laughs> birthed him from our basketball womb. <laughs> it's just a weird... Just a weird choice of we made you, Kimba. Right. We, it's like they're your parents. We brought you into this world, and we can take you out. Now, Doug, do you think this will get the same reaction that the Kimba news got, or nationally? Because I can tell Kimba- you, no. Because as soon as right. it hit on Twitter, because it it put it put NBA Twitter for a brief moment in high alert, because everyone assumed that the news that Bunnell had was trade-related. And that's a Mm. fair assumption because so much of the talk around the Hornets have been about trades and Kimball Walker. And some of it has been sourced rumoring, and some of it has been what we have termed untrumoring, which there was a a pretty big one. Uh, This is, again, I love this. Nothing, Nothing just gets my goat like what happened with Brian Windhorst on the jump. And, and this I'm going to lay at the feet of Brian Windhorst a little bit. So Brian Windhorst had some, some sourced reporting on the Cleveland Cavaliers that they were that some of the team were frustrated by Isaiah Thomas and the amount of shots that he was taking and, and how the team has gelled since Isaiah Thomas has returned from injury. So that's 
you know, he has sources. He, he's been inside that team for a long time. He's been around LeBron James for a long time. But that's fine. But then he takes it the next step and says that he he says, I wonder if they would listen for or listen a little harder on a trade for Kimba Walker and Isaiah Thomas. And then it's just like fireworks. Boom, 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 boom. Everywhere on Twitter. Isaiah Thomas for Kimba Walker. Kimba Walker for Isaiah Thomas. Cleveland. Charlotte. Could be discussing. No. No! It's Brian well, Windhorse wondering. It's funny because the Isaiah Thomas name crept back into my head when we were talking about the only trade for an all-star because technically – that would that would still fit the bill, <laughs> and somehow they were to work that out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, so, we so bred him. Guess. We chose him. <laughs> we groomed him. We nursed him at the teat of Charlotte basketball. That's it. This is Locked on Hornets. We got a couple of rookies here. I got David spreading fake news. Guess what? Four championship games in a row. Continuous success, sustainability. I've got Steve Bob not plugging in his headphones. Which That's I would clear. love to see JaVale McGee, uh, you know, get out there on the ice velodrome or whatever you call those things. This is a professional show we're trying to run here. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I just used the word teat for the first time on the Locked On Hornets podcast. That's a milestone. There you go. Don't hear that word often on the podcast. Try to keep it. That's PG-13. Try to keep it PG here in case. Because <laughs> you're a dad. You got little ones. We want to. Well, not much PG around here some days. But, uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, I think if you're a Hornets fan, you have to take this news uh, uh, better than than last week. So I think you have to feel good for now. We'll see. We'll see, Doug. You don't feel as good? You, you think there I was feel just... great. I feel great because I get a chance to talk about one of our wonderful sponsors, the Knight Residential Group. They've been with us for the first time this season. They're an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction, brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, the Knight Residential Group can have it done for you with a combined 165 years of construction experience. Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you'll have a pleasant customer experience and a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom construction project to any construction company. Use the group that we trust. Call them at 704-733-9566. That's 704-733-9566. Or visit knightresidentialgroup.com. That's Knight with a K. Join so many other current homeowners in Charlotte and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. I want to read a comment here from the from the nest on youtube.com forward slash locked on hornets. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You'll get notifications about when we go live in the mornings. You can uh, you'll you know if you're not watching us on YouTube, you're gonna miss great things like David yawning on on the air. <laughs> <laughs> He's bored. He's bored. All right, Danny on the chat. Maybe this will perk you up, David. Danny on the chat says, for the record, I love MJ's comments. I uh, I think the org needed a little damage control. That's a good way to put it, damage control. 
MJ yeah. talk in general just seems speculatory as a whole as far as draft stuff and business on court product, etc. I think we saw early success into our own rebuild back in 13 and 14, and it's a, uh, um, it bit us a little bit. Instead of drafting higher upside players and valuing draft picks, we've lowered our long-term ceiling. That's not, a, that's not an unpopular thought among the fan base, I think. Uh, they're from Danny on the chat. So, yeah, I think it was a necessary move. You don't hear from Michael Jordan very often. He he doesn't speak to the media for whatever reason. It's in a lot, a lot of owners don't. I mean, you know, we're right. you know, there's the few exceptions like Mark Cuban, who's always out in the media. But uh, Michael You're Jordan, in a town, the other owner doesn't speak. The other professional sports yeah. owner for, doesn't yeah. speak a lot. All right, let's let's circle back to basketball. Let's talk about okay. some basketball. Charlotte had a game last night. The Hornets were hosting the worst team in the league, the Sacramento Kings. Hornets by uh, Hornets up by as many as 20 points in the fourth quarter, but the Kings came storming back, getting the lead down to three on a Bogdanovich three-point shot with 125 to go. But Dwight Howard helps the Hornets get a rebound off a Walker miss, and he's fouled. He hits both free throws. They get a stop on Buddy Heald. And then Howard tips one in on a Kings goaltending call to stretch the lead back to seven. Hornets win 112-107. They host the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday. After the game, Coach Clifford called it an important win for his team. Some parts of the game that were good. Uh, so like I told the guys, the bottom line is in this league, the game, the number one thing you do is you play to win and we won. And uh you know, we'll move on. Uh, you can see we're a little fatigued here. We've gone a few days in a row. So, um, you know, it'll give us tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, then it'll be three and four nights. So, but it's a good win. David, the Hornets almost did it to us again. They almost did the same. I mean, there was a mood in Spectrum Center that was best described by our good friend Richard Walker from the Gaston Gazette who said he could hear the crowd audibly gasp as the Sacramento Kings made their big run in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone had to be holding their breath when that three went in down the stretch. But I'm with Clifford on this one. Like, as ugly as it was, as unnecessary as that was, to bounce back from that heartbreaking loss, um, you know, the game prior, they just had to get that win and get the hell out of there. Um, and they did that. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> they played well enough at times. I mean, the Kings are, are, are just, they're, they're really bad. Uh, I mean, it's tough to do much of a measuring stick when you're out there with them. But you can see the Hornets still have issues. They still have concentration problems down the stretch. But, you know, Kimbo was great. Um, didn't shoot the ball well, but man, spaced it out everywhere else across the, the box score. And Dwight gave you what he needed. I mean, you got what you needed to from all these guys. We can talk about Monk because um, he was supposed to play some, and technically he did. Let's talk uh, about but, him in a second. I want to stick with yeah. Dwight Howard, who had uh, 14 points, 16 rebounds, and a season-high tying six blocks. He's done that a couple of times this season. Uh, this is his 27th double-double of the season. And Howard has recorded at least 15 rebounds in the last five games, his longest streak of such games this season. And Howard is the first Charlotte player with multiple six-block games since Bismack Biombo. Hello. Who had three in 2011 and uh, it was 2012. Also, it was also bred and groomed on the same <laughs> night as 
as Kimball Walker, just to bring it back around. You guys remember yeah. that? But he was see he was he was put in a basket and sent down sent down the river. He, <laughs> he was, was sent out the farm. They they bred him, but they did not want to. They didn't really want to groom him. Uh, they hey, let his hair quick, grow wild. What? Real quick on Dwight, man. I, you know, last week after the Kim Walker news came out, the Ringer put out a graphic that Dwight basically does nothing but turn the ball over. You know, leads the league and in, in I think turnovers per. 100 possessions or 200 possessions or something. But he turns it over. You know, that's something we've highlighted throughout the season. But I just think his season on the whole, I, I don't think he's been a detriment to this team. I don't think he's been a detriment to what they've been trying to do. It's still taking some time for them to figure things out. But he's had a good season thus far. Like I said, I don't think he's going to be in the all-star team. Uh, he may not even be in the discussion. I think if you're if you have a center position, he deserves to be at least talked about. But uh, but he's continued to be be pretty solid for this team. Did get a technical last night. Uh, doesn't get much benefit from the officials. That may be well earned. But he definitely went after that tech and got it last night. Well, most importantly, I, I think that they are finding a way to balance the looks yeah. that Kemba, Dwight, and Batum get early in the game. And that's where a lot of Batum's frustrations were a few weeks ago that early in the game, Batum would get lost because you'd have Kimba Walker running his pick-and-roll plays, getting his offense, and then everything else would center around uh, getting Dwight Howard uh, better looks. Um, but in, instead, now they're getting a bit more balance. You can see each player was engaged and involved down the stretch of this one, which is a sign to me, at least, that there is satisfaction with what's happening offensively. And listen, there's still give and take with Dwight Howard, and there, I think there always will be. You're seeing less mm -hmm. of those isolation post-ups. I was looking over the past five games, only one game with double-digit post-up uh, possessions. That was the game against Washington, and that's when they scored 130. You're going to have a ton of possessions, so I think if you went percentage of post-ups versus all other plays, it would still be in that same range that it's been in the past uh, five games as well. So they're getting less post-ups. That's going to be good for the offense. Less pick and pops for Dwight 18-footers. But you're also going to get point Dwight. You saw it a couple times in the game where he's going to bring the ball up the floor and look to make something happen off the dribble. Or Dwight wanting to catch far away from the basket and face up 10 to 12 feet from the basket. Those are not ideal possessions. Sometimes no. they go into the basket, but they are not ideal possessions. Uh, that's not going to change, but getting away from the post-up is good because that's going to slow the game down, that slows the ball movement down, that's, that disrupts the rhythm, and we've seen that that makes Nick Batum salty. And getting all three of these players on the same page has been key to getting this offense back in the right direction. Right now, ranking 17th in the league in offensive rating, they've brought themselves, I think their, their low was 25th, so they're dragging themselves back in. They're ninth in the league in offense over the last 10 games, Things are starting to improve offensively for the Charlotte Hornets. I think it's part of the reason why maybe they've they've backed off this this trade talk a little bit because you've seen some pretty major improvements in the offense and the defense coming around as well. Yeah, and they shot forty threes last night, Doug. Um, that is something because, again. Have there's more ball move. Look, look. You know, when you're talking about these post up possessions, you know, I'd say. Three, four weeks ago, we're talking 12 to 14 post-possessions. That's down to around the 6-7 range. So that's seven mm -hmm. possessions right there. 
those possessions have to go somewhere. And if the Hornets aren't stealing the ball, which they didn't do a good job of last night, only four steals, not getting into transition, that means they're in the half court more. Those possessions have to go somewhere. And they're either going to go to Kimball Walker, taking the ball himself, getting in the pick and roll and getting down to the basket, or kicking out the three-point shooters. So those opportunities are there because they're taking possessions away from less efficient parts of the offense. Yeah, and you know, you didn't have MKG in there last night. Travion Graham started for him, and he's not shy about shooting that three when he's got the opportunity pulled up right in transition for one last night and nailed it. So uh, a little bit of a different look, but it feels like that's definitely something they are starting to do more. And one thing that you're seeing with Nick Batum, remember last year in the last couple of years, he's really almost looking for that contact when he comes around that high screen on the three-point shot. And that's just not something they're calling anymore. I think they've gone on away from that. They mentioned this during the broadcast last night. It looks like he's just maybe concentrating more on hitting that three, hitting that shot, getting himself going that way a little more, as opposed to just using that to get to the line. So maybe that's something we'll continue to see. I mean, they've got a – they're not going to be a high-percentage three-point shooting team, Doug. So that's what something you had harped on early in the season. they got to get more up to make more. And, uh, you know, you saw it against the Heat. The three-point shot makes a big difference. That kept them in that game, and that that ultimately helped them win that against the Hornets. You got to take them to make them. Take that for data. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. You mentioned it. No Michael Kidd Gilchrist in this game. Pretty gross injury. Might have to talk about that for just a second. But then we're going to talk about Malik Monk, who got a few minutes in this game, but got zero minutes In the second half, we'll hear from Clifford as well. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is Locked on Hornets. Our boys got to go Cobra Kai. We got to go 80s villain defense. Grow a goatee. Do the uh, gladiator stab him real quick in the ribs before Have an Eastern European accent. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I don't know if this is too insidery. I don't know if anyone will find this interesting, but this this is a random observation of mine from last night's game against Sacramento. I saw so many people back in the tunnel that were clearly Sacramento executives hmm. and, and clearly because they were either hanging around Vladi Divac and Peja Stoyakovich or obviously because they had Sacramento gear on. And, it's, and I just saw more of them than I'm accustomed to seeing from other organizations. And, it's, and, and they were all clearly like former ball players, you know, right. guys that were far taller and muscular than me. And <laughs> again, we're hanging around Vladi Divac and Peja Stojakovic, who are former ball players. And it, it's just, it, because, and they were all, <laughs> they were all gravitating around. The the media buffet leftovers. I mean, they were killing it. They yeah, were they were they were taking advantages of the spoils of war. <laughs> Charlotte's a big city, man. Uh, anytime you can fly cross country and, and check out the Queen City, you got to do it. It was Taco Night. Get some time, well, Vladi and Peja. Hey, how many? Who had? Which was the larger contingent? Kentucky fans or Sacramento Kings uh, executives? There were so quite a quite a few representatives from Big Blue Nation in the house last night for good reason. I mean, half the teams on half of their 
alumni on the on the Kings, and and the Hornets have a couple too. They got a couple, yeah. One of them didn't play. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, axillary abscess under his arm. Pretty gross injury. I don't want to describe it. Would not be great to describe on the radio. But it is it, essentially, it seems like an infection in a gland underneath his arm. They said he had trouble raising his arm above his head. Just check well, that injury. People always say, don't Google that. I say, don't hide information from yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to gross yourself out every once in a while. <laughs> it's what separates us from the animals. Uh, well, he was raising his arm uh, towards the end of that game, so uh, that maybe maybe that's, that's a good, good sign. He, a good injury update. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not a doctor. He but, was clapping and and cheering. <laughs> that's it. All right, so Malik Monk played. David, you're a big fan of Malik Monk, and, and when asked pregame why Malik God. Monk was going to play, uh, Clifford was very blunt about it. He said Malik Monk is our fourth wing. That's why. Is he? <laughs> Apparently, that's a you know next man up. So Trevion gets the start. Trevion's been playing very well. That makes sense. You want to keep Lamb and Kaminsky together on the bench. Lamb would have started this game early in the season, but they they wanted to keep. I think they wanted to keep Lamb and Kaminsky mm-hmm. together on the bench. Mm-hmm. They've been playing very well off one another. Keep that rhythm going. And Trevion has been good uh, hitting the corner three and playing tight defense. Thought he did a great job of both of those. And only had three points. Did have an a three. And, and did a good job playing defense most of the night. So you get Malik Monk in there, six minutes in the first half. David, what did you think? <laughs> well, he, he attempted zero shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did get in the scorebook with, with one foul. It, it's got to be... On the first possession, I'm, yeah. On this, yeah. yeah. I'm just going on a limb and say Clifford wasn't pleased. Uh, with what he saw, because he 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 never saw the floor again. Didn't that's, take his well, floor. yeah, that's, that's speculation. We're gonna we're gonna stamp that as speculation. It was yeah. not it was not verbalized, but so yes, Monk does not play in the second half. Uh, let's hear from Clifford, and, and then I'll I'll have my thoughts. Okay. Again, their wing guys were going, and so actually, it was probably one of the key stretches of the game was we we put Carter Williams on healed. And I thought that was one of the best stretches of game that we had. So that's Clifford on why they didn't play Monk. The the wings, Buddy Heald, George Hill, and others for Sacramento were going, were playing well, were shooting the basketball well. And they wanted to get Michael Carter-Williams on Buddy Heald, who did shoot well in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you look at those first couple of possessions for Malik Monk, and he gets blown by by George Hill. That results in a foul. And then the second one, he's just not anywhere. He gets screened out of the play so severely. He's not, he's behind, he ends up behind George Hill somehow. Somehow mm-hmm. on the pick and roll, he ends up literally 180 degrees behind George Hill. And uh, Hill is able to dry penetrate past Dwight Howard and kick out for the corner three. And and I think that was about all she wrote for for Malik Monk. And look, people ask us all the time, why is Malik Monk not playing? Why is he not being given an opportunity? And I think tonight he had an opportunity. And it's not – I don't even want to say, David, that he failed to take advantage of the opportunity. Because when I watch him play, and whether you want to blame it on the fact that he didn't have a summer or – that he's 19 years old or whatever, I don't think he's just equipped to take advantage of the opportunity right now. 
and and I believe that the organization thinks that he can be equipped one day, but mm-hmm. they they still want to win basketball games, and I don't feel like that they they feel that they can play him and Michael Carter Williams beside one another and and not have the other team look. Other teams know the defensive abilities of of each individual player. Like Miami attacked Frank Kaminsky with Kelly Olynyk late in that Miami game. Spolster's a very, very smart coach. Dave Yeager is a very, very smart coach. Like these guys know who to attack. And you saw the first two possessions, George Hill pick and roll, blows by Malik Monk. Second possession, blow by Malik Monk. Like they know. Yeah, and George Hill's a veteran. I mean, he knows how to take advantage of a young guy who's not used to being in there. And it's also tricky, Doug, when he's in there with guys like, like especially when he's in there with the second unit, he's in there with when Lamb, Kaminsky's out there, God forbid Johnny O'Brien's out there. He's not getting any shots. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, that's that's what he's there to do right now. He's not there to play defense. He's not there anymore to bring the ball to the floor and run the offense. So it's like, where does he fit in? Like, where do his shots come from? Because those other guys, you know, like I said, he's not going to get those touches. And it goes back to what Clifford said a few nights ago, which was that the developer, he said it uh, upon his his first uh, meeting with the media when when he was uh, set to return uh, to coaching. He said that Jeremy Lamb's development had an effect on Malik Monk that, you know, basically insinuating that had Jeremy Lamb not had such a great summer, there may have been more opportunities offensively for Malik Monk. But as you said, when he's out there, they're not running plays for Malik Monk. They're running plays for Jeremy Lamb and Frank Kaminsky, and they're doing that because Jeremy Lamb and Frank Kaminsky have been hitting shots consistently, especially in January. Both of those guys are red hot. You run your offense through the players that you can depend on offensively. Malik Monk, for all of the talk of his defense, has not been a great shot maker either when he's had open opportunities. And again, we're yeah. saying again, we're saying all this not from the perspective of Malik Monk is a draft bust or Malik Monk is a bad player and will continue to be a bad player in the future. That is that is not my take. That is not my perspective at all. What I'm trying to explain is that I don't feel like at this moment in time he's equipped to be successful and and probably won't be until he has a summer or two under his belt to continue to develop as an NBA basketball player. It's just going to take patience. It's just going to take time. And it's difficult to do that in the midst of an NBA season when you rarely have practice time, when you rarely have time to sit back and get multiple days to accumulate experience and knowledge. Yeah, and, and this unit offensively is finally starting to get into a groove, especially the second unit with Lamb and Kaminsky. So it's hard to just slam the brakes on whatever positive energy they have going towards that and say, now we got to look for Malik. We got to fit him in and get his shots, you know? So, like, this team is constantly trying to figure out what works for them and, and, and who's going well. And so it's just tough for him to fit in right now. What I'm saying to you, David, is that. The Hornets need time to breed him, to groom him, exactly. <laughs> to birth him. Amazing. Amazing. This has well, been a fun done. show. I've enjoyed the show. <laughs> I've enjoyed this show immensely. Big thanks to Michael Jordan for providing us with content. So much content. 
Big thanks to Rick Bunnell. Go read the entire article. There's things that we didn't hit on. I've linked it in the show notes. Big thanks to everyone uh, who was chatting with us here on youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets and on Twitter at locked on Hornets. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash locked on Hornets. Email us your thoughts at, uh, let's see, buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. That's the email. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. I'm hearing reports that there are problems with our Spotify feed. We were up on Spotify, and now we're down on Spotify. So what I'm telling you is, if you want to listen to us on Spotify, be patient. We're working on those issues, and uh, we'll have those resolved shortly. But thank you so much for your support. Uh, Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash LOH. It's the best way to support us and to make sure that this uh, free Hornets talk that you love uh, keeps on trucking. We'll be back tomorrow. It's a draft Wednesday. I'm going to wear a a, a magician's hat uh, as as part of my penance. David, I've got to get you your Mountie hat at some point. Uh, We've got to pay these debts for our draft.com challenges. So we'll start to do that tomorrow. It should be a fun show, and we will preview Wednesday night's game against the New Orleans Pelicans. You got DeMarcus Cousins out there putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers. My God. We're going to go over that and much more. Join us Wednesday. For David, I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.